The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 92 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater featuring programming from the golden age of radio. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. This time, it's two half-hour horror episodes of Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre. Stick around. We'll be right back. Peter Lorre had always wanted to star in his own dramatic radio program, so when the Abbott and Costello show took its 1947 summer vacation, NBC granted his wish. They turned over the microphones to Lorre as star of 13 episodes of a chiller titled Mystery in the Air. Cut from the cloth of tales woven by the imaginations of some of the most famous authors in history, Mystery in the Air brilliantly brought horror classics to life including The Telltale Heart, The Marvelous Barastro, The Lodger, The Horla, The Black Cat, Crime and Punishment, and The Mask of Medusa. Laurie delivered tour-de-force performances of men tortured and driven by dark impulses. The supporting casts were the best in the business, including Agnes Moorhead, Peggy Weber, Russell Thorson, John Brown, Hans Conried, Howard Culver, Jane Morgan, Louis Van Ruten, Herb Butterfield, and Ben Wright. The announcer was Henry Morgan, who we would all know later as Harry Morgan from TV's Dragnet and MASH. Sponsors were Camel Cigarettes and Prince Albert Pipe Tobacco. The series was produced and directed by Don Bernard and Cal Cool. Mystery in the Air was a collection of dark and compelling stories culled from the four corners of literature. It's too bad that NBC didn't give Mystery in the Air a regular time slot so more of these shows could be enjoyed today. Time now for the first of two horror episodes of Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre. In this first one, an escaped convict kills a minister and takes his place in a small town. Here's Beyond Good and Evil, starring Peter Lorre on Mystery in the Air from August 28, 1947. Mystery in the Air. Starring Peter Lorre, presented by Camel Cigarettes. This, dear friends, was the man Philip Gentry, or Reverend Pierce, or whatever other name he may choose in eternity, the man whom we bury today. That night when he stood above my bed, pouring defiance and bitterness into my ears, thinking that I was paralyzed, I could both speak and write. My paralysis had been gone for many days. But I did not speak, because I knew what Philip Gentry would do, what he had to do, criminal and murderer, though he was. Each week at this hour, Peter Lorre brings us the excitement of the great stories of the strange and unusual, of dark and compelling masterpieces culled from the four corners of world literature. Tonight, Beyond Good and Evil, starring Peter Lorre, brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. 
Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. Yes, try a camel. Let your T-Zone decide. That's tea for taste and tea for throat, your proving ground for any cigarette. Let your T-Zone decide if camels' rich, full flavor and cool mildness aren't just made to order for enjoyment. Yes, try a camel. And be sure to have a carton of camels on hand for the long weekend coming up. Why, Reverend Pierce. Hello. Good evening. Good evening, Lucy. Is Reverend McKillop still awake? Oh, yes. We don't put him to bed until later, later. Evening service over already? Is it over? <laughs> Shame on you, Lucy, a parson's daughter, and you forget there is no service on Wednesdays. Of course. You've come to read to Father. Well, there's so little I can do. Uh, if he were able to let us know in some way... I can know. tell by his eyes. Whenever you're here, they fairly glow. Oh, I, I suppose that helpless as he is, not able to speak or even to write, my, my visits are at least a diversion. You're much more than a diversion. Mm. You're his hope. No, Lucy. The Lord is his hope. Oh, yes. The Lord struck him down with paralysis, and, and in time the Lord will surely free him from it. Well, I'll go in and try to cheer him up. Good evening, Reverend McKillop. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Yes, McKillop, you hang on my every word, and, and you never talk back. You never have except once, and, and after tonight you won't get the chance. Huh? Speak up, Reverend, why don't you? No, of course, the cat's got your tongue, huh? Yes, tonight is your last chance, Reverend. Tonight is the consummation, finish, the end, act three curtain on a great play about death and redemption, about good and evil. And I won't shrink from your eyes, McKillop, see? Your eyes can't kill, but I can kill. I have the mind and the will and the hands. I've killed one man, that you know. And tonight, tonight I am going to kill again. <laughs> Yes, Reverend McKillop, you know who I was before I became the Reverend Howard Pierce, pastor of this good and godly community. And you know my real name, it's Philip Gentry, but, but you never knew the soul of Philip Gentry, the, the contempt, the sum of evil that was in me that night. It all began, yes, it's, it's now three months ago. What a stormy night. I, I was crouching in a swamp with a man named Mac. Because we had just escaped from prison, hiding like animals in a deep mud and ooze, alien from the whole entire human race. Gentry, where are you going? To the highway, you idiot. Got to make time before daylight. Yeah. Before the rain stops. They'll bring out the bloodhounds in the morning. Yeah, okay, okay, you're the boss. There's the highway now. They have beyond the fence. Well, so what do we do now? Where do we go? Straight up. I'll meet you in Chicago later. Yeah, at Gus's place? Yes, at Gus's place in two or three weeks when a manhunt cools off. You, you won't let me down, will you, Gentry? I said I'll meet you. Now get moving. Go on, fast. I walked a mile, and, and then I saw a car. It, it was parked close to the edge of the road. It's... Its headlights almost blacked out by the rain. And, and then, at a glow of what I knew was a flashlight, I, I saw a man bending into the rain, struggling to change a tire. He, he was alone, so I walked up to him. Hello. Need help? Oh, oh you startled me. I'm sorry. I didn't expect to see anyone this late. Picked a bad night for a flat. Huh? Yes, and it's the second today. I'm going to be awfully late. Here, uh, come on, let me help. Oh, you. no, 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 thank you. But if you would hold the light. Oh, sure. Come a long way? Uh, yes, from Detroit. I, I'm on my way to Carlton. I Carlton. was supposed to get there this afternoon. I'm the new minister there. Uh, my name's Pierce. Didn't notice you were a preacher. Yes, I'm taking over for old Reverend McKillop at Grace Church. Reverend He's McKillop been in bad health, Church. so I'm taking his place. 
Yes. Oh, my, this boat is stubborn. I, I, I can't seem to get it to... Come on, let me have the wrench. Uh, no, no, really, just, just hold the line. I said give me the wrench. Well, all right, it's awfully good of you. Come on, give it to me. No. No, 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 wait. I need wait, what your are you doing? car, Everett. No, he is. No, you please. are going to be please. eaten later no. than no. you thought. No. Oh. Be quiet, no. you. I hit him twice, and I can't tell you now, Reverend McKillop, what I thought. When it wrench big into flesh and bone, oh, I swear to you that it was not my intention to kill, and, and yet I... I did. I I killed, yes. When I put my hand on his chest, the heart had stopped, and and the Reverend Howard Pierce was dead. Yes. Reverend Pierce was dead. <laughs> Very dead, so so I buried him. I buried him in my prison clothes, and soon I I was dressed in his clothes. Oh, I had on his decent black and turned-around collar, and, and I was rolling this way. And at the city limits of Carlton, my own destiny stepped in. I was stopped by a traffic cop. Let me see your license, buddy. A license? Oh, yeah, uh, I'm a family. Here. Here it is. Uh, Howard Pierce. Occupation. Hmm? Oh, minister. I didn't notice. Well, what is it, officer? Is that speeding? No, no, we're checking all cars on this road. There was a break at the state pen. Two prisoners escaped. Yes. They might come this way. I see. But I won't hold you up any longer, Reverend. You uh, going far? Oh, no. Uh, Carlton. Well, say, this is Carlton. It is? <laughs> oh, yes, there's the sign. Say, I get it. <laughs> Imagine me not catching on right away. Catching on? Sure, oh. you must be the new preacher for Grace Church. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> well, I'm Charlie Owen. I, oh, I yes. sing in the Grace Church choir, baritone. Oh. Uh, you going to the parsonage now? Yes, I was. Well, it's a little tricky finding it. I'm going into headquarters now, and I have to go right by Reverend McKillop's house. Oh, that's nice. You follow me. Thank you, son. It's very nice of you. Lucy? Why, hello, Charlie. Guess who I'm delivering to you? It's Reverend Pierce. He's just getting out of the car. Who are you expecting, Lucy? The boyfriend? You mean my fiancé, Mr. Tom Hubbard? <laughs> when are you two going to get married, anyway? You know, everybody in... Oh, here's Reverend Pierce. Uh, Reverend Pierce, here's Lucy, Reverend McKillop's daughter. How do you do? Oh, come in, come in, Reverend Pierce. Father and I have been so worried. We expected you all afternoon. Oh, I had two flat tires. Oh, what a shame. Well, Father's waiting up for you in his study. Father, Charlie Owen brought Reverend Pierce. Reverend Pierce? Well, come in, come in. Uh, you and Mr. Owen wait outside for a few minutes, Lucy. All right, Sure, Father. sir. <laughs> Sit over here, Reverend Pierce. Thank you, sir. I can't tell you how relieved I am to see you. I really couldn't bring myself to sleep tonight without first talking to you. You see, the situation's serious. Serious? Why, Reverend? My health. I'm a sick man. I've had one stroke as I wrote you. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I could have another one at any time. Okay. The doctor says a worse one. And I feel it essential that the work of the parish should be in firm hands. This parish needs a young man. Why, well, I, I hope to be of service, sir. I've heard only good of you, Reverend Pierce. Thank you. And you know you're even younger than you look. Oh, really? In the picture you sent. Uh, hmm. Darker, too. Your, your hair. I'm afraid it, uh, it wasn't a very good liking. I have the picture here somewhere on my desk with your letters. What did you want uh, to talk to me about, Reverend McKillop? Oh, all the work of the parish. Oh, yes, here's the photograph. It's, uh... It... Something Reverend wrong, yes. Reverend McKillop? It's not... Who are you? Not what? This isn't your picture. Who are you? I don't think that should interest you. It's certain... Something's happened, Reverend, Reverend Pierce. McKillop. What did you do to him? You're... What? You're... What do you think I did, uh, Reverend McKillop, huh? Uh, Come on, go on, guess. Guess, don't you hear me? Come on, don't you play with me, you you sanctimonious fool. You, Come on, speak up. Speak up. What's the matter with you? Oh, don't tell me you had another stroke, huh? That's right, you, you can't speak, huh? Is that it? Well, I'll find out. And in any case, I'll take that picture, Reverend McKillop. And, and now, if Reverend you don't... Reverend Pierce, we thought... Yes, Lucy, uh, something has happened to your father. We, 
We were talking and... and yes, I'm, I'm afraid it's another stroke. He, he can't speak and apparently he can't move. Father. Father. What can we do? Lucy, we, we'll have to wait for the doctor and... And maybe even then. I know. The doctor said he could be paralyzed for months, years. He mustn't die. No, no. If we have faith, the Lord will spare him. And, and until the good Lord returns his health, uh, I'll try to shepherd his flock. Yes, and, and since that first time, Reverend McKillop, you've never opened your mouth again. Oh, you can stare, yes. Stare as hard as you want. That doesn't bother me. Because your stare cannot kill. But, but I, as you know, I can. And I will, Reverend McKillop. <laughs> Mr. Peter Lorre will bring us the climax of tonight's mystery in the air when camels present Act Two of Beyond Good. And... Ask a sports champ in any field what helped him most toward success, and he'll probably say experience. Yes, experience is the best teacher. Take bronc riding champ Jerry Ambler. His most recently won sports crown is the saddle bronc championship of the world. Experience? Why, say, Jerry's been riding Bronx for 18 years. Yes, as he recently said, experience is the best teacher. In Bronx riding and in smoking, too. A cigarette for me is camel. And there, Jerry's like thousands and thousands of other cigarette smokers who smoke just about all the different brands during the wartime cigarette shortage. Well, experience like that was bound to make people experts in judging the differences in cigarette quality. And on the basis of that experience, thousands and thousands of people decided they liked camels best. Yes, they learned that for rich, full flavor and cool mildness, the cigarette for them is camel. As a result, more people are smoking camels than ever before. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel yourself. <laughs> Reverend McKillop, aging, paralyzed, unable to speak, listens helplessly as Philip Gentry, criminal and murderer, explains why he killed Reverend Pierce and assumed Pierce's clothes and identity and describes his first sermon. And so, in conclusion, dear friends, remember the agony of our Lord was shared by two thieves. And they were crucified beside him that he might be numbered among the transgressors. And remember his words to one. Verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. <coughs> now we will sing hymn 426, just as I am without one plea. was my first sermon, Reverend McKillop. Oh, I saw your eyes when Lucy told you how, how deeply moved the congregation was. Oh, you couldn't understand, you just couldn't, how such a thing could be done without faith. Oh, but, but I've been a lawyer, and, and I've done a lot without faith. Yes, I've been the ideal parson you were looking for. I, oh, I wish you could ask young Hubbard. Uh, you don't know he called on me, huh? Pierce? Yes. I missed your first service, Reverend. I thought I ought to pay you a call. My name's Hubbard. Oh, yes, I know, I know. You're in the choir. Come on. Come in, Mr. Hubbard. Make yourself comfortable. Oh, thank you. What's your business, Mr. Hubbard? Uh, I work at the bank. I'm chief teller. Chief teller? Huh? A very responsible job for a young man like you. I suppose it is, but I don't have much more responsibility than the other tellers, except at the end of the month. Oh. Then it's a strain. End of the month? Why? 
Well, sure, that's when I have to... Yes? <sighs> you know, I, I've never told anyone about oh, this. Please, and so even with you... Well, I... if it's confidential... Well, no, no, naturally not so far as you're concerned, Reverend okay. Pierce. Uh, um, you see, the 30th of the month, we move all our deposits to the Federal Reserve Bank. Yes. Um, $200,000 or more. So you can see how I wouldn't want some people to know that. You mean you, you have to take the deposits alone? To... Oh, no, no, gosh, no. That'd be even worse than it is. No, there's an armored truck that oh, comes to well, take the money. Surely the bank takes adequate precautions. I'm well, sure I have a they're... gun and there's an alarm system, but... Oh, you see. Well, the thing is, I'm all alone. Hmm? Sometimes when I'm sitting there at my desk, I think how easy it would be. Why? Well, all somebody would have to do is shoot me through the glass door. <laughs> Even if the alarm rang, it would be ten minutes before the police got there. Well, Mr. Hubbard, after all, it's a very quiet community, no one. Well, I guess that's what the directors of the bank figure. Only possible danger I can see would be from, from too many people knowing what you've told me. I mean, wrong people. Mm. You say you don't talk, so... Oh, no. No, Reverend Pierce, I've never told a soul except mm. you. See, that's faith, McKillop. I, I see I did a lot without faith, but, but not without faith in my own shining destiny. Imagine, out of all these communities, 35,000 people, Hubbard, picked me, me, to share his secret. <laughs> he even told me the truck didn't come for the money until 9.30 at night. As soon as Hubbard had gone, I wrote a letter to Mac. You remember, I'd, I told Mac to wait for me in Chicago, and, and in that letter... I explained the setup and I asked him to be at the bank at 9 p.m. on the 30th. Well, and in the meantime, I, I continued to play my saintly part. <laughs> it was easy, warmed by adulation, warmed by love, yes, love. Because even you could see what was happening to your daughter, your own very beautiful daughter. Lucy, yes, she... She fell in love with me. <laughs> and believe me, Lucy was a great help to me, blinded by what she called love. If I made a slip, she was there to help me cover up. And what did I feel? Love? Well, Lucy, as long as the word love served me, I used it. But last week, on Wednesday, when I came in the evening to read to you, I, I suddenly realized it, it could also be a source of great danger. Howard, Howard, darling. You're all I've waited for all day. Let me look at you, Lucy. Say you look so happy. Howard, I have the most wonderful news. Yes. How can I guess? Well, I, I, I've never breathed a word to Father about us. Mm. You and me, you know, because you asked me not to. Well, not until you... he can talk to I'm us sure and give you us didn't. his blessing. No, not yet I haven't, but the doctor was here today. Yes? And he told me Father will speak again soon, any day now. Well. Doctor doesn't know why he hasn't already. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yes, and yes, it is. Howard, what's the matter? Nothing is the matter. Well, there is, I can see. Well, look, Lucy, I, I was going to tell you before, you see, I can't marry you, not ever. You can't? Please, don't ask me why. It's because you don't love me. Believe me, Lucy, you, you just have to go on and live your life as, as if you'd never met me. If I'd never met you. You know what that means? Whatever it means. It means I'll marry Tom Hubbard and you'll well, perform the service. Yeah. You'll be the one to make me Mrs. Tom Hubbard. Mrs. who? Who did you say? Tom Hubbard. I'll be a banker's wife. What? <laughs> never knew his name before. Either. Well, no matter what you think, Lucy, I, I'm sure you'll be happy. <laughs> I have to go in and see your father now, Lucy, and try to be brave, will you? Good evening, Reverend McKillop. Oh, you poor, voiceless, brainless, harmless old Reverend McKillop. I, I hear you may be able to talk again, yes. I, I hear someday you're going to speak. Well, I have only one week to wait, that's all, one week. And, but you are a danger. Therefore, I ought to kill you, Reverend. I, I ought to kill you now. <laughs> Oh, don't ask me why I didn't kill you, Reverend McKillop. I, I suppose it will always be distasteful to me. It's a, it's a job for cruder minds, and, 
And if it happens that my neat habits turn in a good deed now and then, that doesn't make me a Boy Scout, does it? I might not like to think of Lucy, only only two days married so soon to be a widow, so, so soon in half an hour, yes, because in half an hour, Mac is going to shoot Tom Hubbard as he sits at his desk. And in half an hour, I'll have $200,000 and I'll be free, you hear? Well, Reverend, now that you know the real Philip Gentry, do you understand? Do you? No, I doubt it. I, I doubt if you, with your good book and, and your years of tending the good sheep in the rich green pastures here, could ever understand one-tenth of what a man like me feels. Doesn't matter. I don't need your understanding. I don't. Good night, Reverend, and, and sleep well. Who is it? It's me, Reverend Pierce, Tom. Oh, let me in. Reverend Pierce, just a minute. I wanted to make sure. You see, this is the knife in the truck. Yes, comes. yes, I remember. That's how I knew where to find you. Oh. Well, did you want something? Yes. Lucy's feeling sick. I, I came to send you home. L Lucy? But I, I can't. I have to stay. I can stay for you. Gee, I don't know. I'm supposed to stay until the truck Lucy's gets here. Lucy's calling for you, Tom. She's really sick? Yes. Well, all right. I, I guess with you here, it'll be all right. Just tell me what to do. Well, uh, that's the money right there already in those sacks. Yes. I sit here? Yeah, right at this desk. At... Mm. Gee, I, I don't know what the directors will Come think. Come on, run along, Tom. They'll never know. Even if someone walks by from the outside, they'll never know if it's, if it's you or me sitting here. Gentry, I didn't mean to I shoot. Know you. Look, you better go. I... I'm dying, man. I, I ain't gonna leave you here, Gentry. What do you think? Yes, you, you are going to leave me. They won't get me, Mac. I'm dying, man. You go on now. Only, you won't be able to take the money. The plan is all changed. Yeah, okay, that doesn't matter. The money. Remember me when. When thou comest into thy kingdom. Hey, hey, what are you talking about, Gentry? It's from the Bible, Mac. You wouldn't know it. Uh, it's from the Bible. Yes. Said by, by a thief. <laughs> This, dear friends, was the man Philip Gentry, or Reverend Pierce, or whatever other name he may choose in eternity, the man whom we bury today. That night when he stood above my bed, pouring defiance and bitterness into my ears, thinking I was paralyzed, I could both speak and write. My paralysis had been gone for many days, but I did not speak. Because I knew what Philip Gentry would do. What he had to do. I knew what he denied. That to accomplish work as he had in God's vineyard, a man must have faith, even though he deny that faith. That is why, in spite of all, he protected my daughter's happiness. That is why he could not kill me. For the work he did here had molded him in spite of himself into a man who is truly a servant of God. 
To such a man our Lord would say, Verily I say unto you, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. week, the makers of Camel cigarettes send free camels to servicemen's hospitals from coast to coast. This week, the camels go to Veterans Hospital, Wood, Wisconsin, USAAF Station Hospital, Langley Field, Hampton, Virginia, U.S. Naval Hospital, Memphis, Tennessee, U.S. Marine Hospital, Cleveland, Ohio, and Veterans Hospital, Aspenwall, Pennsylvania. More people are smoking camels than ever before, and many of those people are doctors. When three leading independent research organizations asked 113,597 doctors what cigarette do you smoke, Doctor? The brand named most was Camel. According to a nationwide survey, more doctors smoke Camels than any other cigarette. Next week, Mystery in the Air, starring Mr. Peter Lorre, brings you The Mask of Medusa by Nelson Bond, with a special musical score composed and conducted by Paul Barron. Why do you smoke a pipe? For pleasure, of course. Then get the tobacco especially made for smoking pleasure, Prince Albert. Ask for mellow, mild Prince Albert the next time you buy tobacco for your pipe. And the extra pleasure you'll enjoy will tell you why more pipes smoke PA than any other tobacco. Prince Albert's choice tobacco is specially treated to ensure against tongue bite. Crimp cut to burn slow, smoke cool. Ask for Prince Albert. See if Prince Albert doesn't give you more pipe enjoyment. Listen in on Prince Albert's Grand Ole Opry Saturday night for a half hour of folk music and laughs. With Red Foley and his Cumberland Valley boys, Minnie Pearl, the gossip from Grinder Switch, Rod Brassfield, and the rest of the Opry gang. And as Red's special guests, you'll hear Cowboy Copus and Barefoot Brownie. Remember, Prince Albert's Grand Ole Opry, Saturday night over NBC. Listen again next week at this same time when the makers of Camel Cigarettes present Mr. Peter Lorre in Mystery in the Air. The artists supporting Mr. Lorre tonight were Henry Morgan as the voice of mystery, Peggy Weber as Lucy, John Brown as Reverend McKillop, Howard Culver as Mac, Jack Edwards Jr. as Hubbard, and Russell Thorson as Reverend Pierce. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood wishing you a pleasant good night for Camels. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And that's Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre in Beyond Good and Evil from August 28, 1947. Also in the cast, Howard Culver, Jack Edwards Jr., John Brown, Peggy Weber, and Russell Thorson, with Michael Roy and Henry Morgan announcing over NBC. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. I'll have another horror episode of Mystery in the Air after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, it's the Nelson Bond classic about 47 murderers, frozen solid, who still possess active and seething minds, even though they are kept in a wax museum. Here's The Mask of Medusa on Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre 
from September 4th, 1947. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre, presented by Camel Cigarettes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you will inspect the 47 wax images you see before you, I think you will admit that they are more lifelike, more startlingly real than any you have ever seen before. But the greatest interest lies in the fact that each one of these figures is a fiendish, sadistic murderer. Uh, but come, I begin at the end of the line and describe their horrible crimes. Yes, yes, there he goes, there he goes again, telling people all the bad things we did. Oh, it's terrible, being nothing but figures in a wax museum. People staring at us all day long, and not one of them, not one ever suspects that we are still alive. Each week at this time... Camel cigarettes bring you Peter Lorre in the excitement of the great stories of the strange and unusual, of dark and compelling masterpieces culled from the four corners of world literature. Tonight, The Mask of Medusa by Nelson Bond. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre, brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. When you smoke a cigarette, it's your T-zone that passes judgment on it. Yes, your T-zone, that's T for taste and T for throat, is your proving ground for any cigarette. If your taste longs for really full, rich flavor in a cigarette, if your throat would welcome true coolness and mildness in a cigarette, don't miss trying a camel. You may well find, like so many millions of smokers, that camels suit your T-zone to a T. How do you like this little fellow, huh? Oh, he's nice, Carl. I don't believe he ever did anything wrong. <laughs> ah, you women, always the same. You heard the lecture say that every one of these figures is the likeness of a real murder. Uh, <laughs> Maybe this little angel poisoned his wife, eh? <laughs> I don't believe it. He is too innocent looking. Well, they always are. <laughs> Except his eyes. They go right through me. Come on, oh, Evie. Idiots, idiots and morons. Can't they see I'm still... Oh, I suppose not. But I'd like to be alive again. Oh, alive again. I'm alive right now, but I'd be better off dead. I can hear, I can see, I can feel, I can think. But I cannot move. I, I cannot move at all. No matter how and now, I ladies try. and gentlemen, if you will regard these recent specimens, and if I may say so myself, they're masterpieces. <laughs> What's the matter, madam? That strange-looking little one. I was watching him, and he moved his eyes. Thank you, madam. That's a true compliment to my artistry. But I assure you, the gentleman did not move his eyes. Dirty that would be utterly impossible. He is made of wax and other substances known only to myself. Rubbish. I'm English, my man, and you can't bamboozle me. I'm sorry if the realism of my exhibits has played tricks with your imagination. Imagination fiddlesticks. I tell you If you I doubt that my exhibit is exactly as represented, madam, may I return your price of admission? Oh. Here you are. Oh. Oh, well, thank you so much. Now, perhaps if I might suggest a little fresh air. Well, I, I, I do feel a bit faint. <laughs> All these ghastly crimes, you know. Of course. I believe I'll go and have a cup of tea. <laughs> to resume, ladies and gentlemen, if you will step over this way, this way, please, you will see exhibit number three. 
the infamous hatchet woman of our... This way, this way, exhibit three. Just listen to him. Day in, day out, we stand here while he talks and talks and talks about us. Oh, he's so boring. All he talks about are those silly incidental murders we committed. Why doesn't he talk how we did them, huh? Well, here in this room are some of the greatest artists in their lines the world has ever known. For example, just look at the ones on each side of me. Here to my left, that's Paul, yes, oh. He was the most skillful man with a scalpel in Prague. He was wonderful. Even today, they haven't found all the pieces of the bodies he carved up now. And, and on my right is the beautiful, beautiful Magda. She always killed with a Luger. She used but one bullet to her husband, and she did away with five of them. Yes, indeed, it's, it's an honor to stand between such exquisite artists. And as for me... I can hardly believe it was only three days ago that I, that I came in here of my own free will. My own free will. I... Good evening, sir. Uh, uh, good evening. You wish to see my wax figures? Uh, wax figures? Yes. All around you. Oh, 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 yeah. Yes, of course. And you mean to see... You mean you mean all these people are wax? But certainly. You know, you know, for a moment, I, I thought they were alive. A very natural mistake. It is, huh? Wait, wait. Did you... By the way, is anything the matter? You seem nervous. I'm not What's nervous. What's the matter with you? D didn't you hear me? I don't know. That's ugly sound. What is it? Yes, it's gone. I don't like it. Oh, I'm sorry I'm late. I'm sure you want to close up. I'll I'll go now. Perhaps some other oh, time I'll be back. Oh, it is never and... too late to show my masterpieces. Huh? Uh, but first, I'll lock the door and draw the shades. Wait. There. Now then, you don't have to be afraid of being seen. Afraid? Why should I be afraid, huh? I don't know. Why should anyone be afraid? I don't know. Well, I'm in no hurry. Well, I suppose since I'm here, I, I might as well... Look over my collection? Yes, why not? Good. Permit me to introduce myself. I am Aristide Zweig, owner of this exhibit, artist and connoisseur of crime. <laughs> artist and connoisseur of crime? <laughs> That's an odd combination. Well, not it? at all, as you shall see. Uh, mm -hmm. Suppose we begin here. Do you, by any chance, recognize this one? This one? No. But he's very ugly. Roger Saunders, Englishman, oh. a poisoner, not very imaginative. Uh, next to him here is Nicholas Rodriguez. Hey, he killed with the knife. Wait a minute. And over here... What's the matter? Tell me, these people, they, they all have a strange look. Strange? Yes, oh. it's, it's as, if, it, as if they had just seen something horrible and... And then their faces froze. And... Uh, perhaps they did see something. Something that made them realize the horror of their crimes. The crimes? Are, are, are these all criminals? Every one. All 46 of them. Murderers. Hmm. You must be very interested in murder to get up a collection like this. Oh, but I am. It is my mission. Oh, your mission. What are you talking about? Murder. Murder, that most horrible of crimes. Yes. I hate it. I loathe and despise its perpetrators. It is my mission to show the world these fiends in human form, to display them in all their brutal bestiality, yes. that men may view them, tremble, and take heed. I see, I see. And yes. Where do you get your specimen? From the morgue? Not from the morgue. No. I get them here, there, wherever I can find them. Oh, no, Usually no. I have to go out and look for them. As a matter of fact, there is one now I would like to have very much oh, yeah. for my 47 specimen. Oh. Yes, he murdered a defenseless old woman quite near here, not half an hour ago it was. I heard it over my radio. Yeah. He brutally murdered her and took her life savings. Yes. Did they catch him? Mm, not yet. But they will. Yes. They're watching all the roads. And besides that, the old woman's money was in old bills. Oh, so yeah. old, it is now out of circulation. Mm. When he tries to pass it, they will know. And if they don't catch him, 
I will. You will. You, yes, huh? Yes, yes. Murder must be avenged and exposed by one means or another. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, but forgive me for going on like this. Oh, Sometimes I get carried away. Let's get back to this next figure. A most interesting case, this man, Hans Schneider, what? who murdered by air embolism. You say Schneider? Yes. Hans Schneider? Yes. Look, I knew him. He disappeared. He was never captured. He wasn't even suspected. None of them were. How, how did you get them here? I told you, sir, I am an artist. I have my own methods of reproducing their likenesses. Wait, wait a minute. Tell me, is, is that a model of Schneider, or, or is that Schneider himself? Uh, how in the world did you happen to guess? You're what? quite correct. It is Schneider. But this is monstrous. Not at all. You just do not understand. Yes, I do. I understand you. You dirty hypocrite. You, you say you hate murder, and yet you've killed everyone in this room, you... No, I didn't kill them. How did you do it, huh? Poison, knife, or, or did you dip them into boiling wax alive? None of those things. They're not dead. They're not dead. What did you say? They're not dead. They're simply in a state of permanent suspended animation. Are you mad? Are you insane? It's true. I just let them look, and that's what happened. You let them look at what? Did you ever hear of the Gorgon's head? Hmm? The head of Medusa. Medusa, yes, of course. I, I went to school, and I studied Greek mythology. Of course, Medusa was a... She was a very beautiful woman, yes. and, and she offended Athena, and, and Athena changed her hair into snakes and made her face uh, very hideous and... So horrible that all who looked on her were turned to stone. And, and later, I, I think uh, Perseus cut off her head. You're and, right. And yeah. the severed head could still turn men to stone. Yes, yes, I know. But <laughs> that was a long time ago. Would you care to look upon it? What are you talking about? Oh, it's here. The mask of Medusa was found long ago in a wild lost grotto in Greece. Where and how does not matter. But it has been the means of fulfilling my sacred mission. The destruction, the cleansing of the world of those who slay their fellow men. Now I know you're mad. <laughs> Perhaps I am the only sane one in a world gone mad. Oh, sure, sure. Tell me, sir, this, uh, this mask... What does it look like? Oh, I have never seen it myself. The native who gave it to me warned me. I do not dare look. Oh, no, no. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. She... Listen. Suppose, Mr. Twag, we talk a little business, you and me, huh? What do you want? I want your help to get me out of town. How can I help you? Well, that's very simple. Nobody suspects you that, uh, that is, uh, nobody but me. You put me in a crate like one of these 46 models you are so proud of and send it off in a truck. Simple, huh? But why? Why should I do this? Why? Because you fear the police as much as I do. You fear the police? You are a murderer? I didn't say that. You are a murderer. No more than you are. But I didn't kill them. I told you I didn't kill them. Yes, yes, you told me. It's a fine story, but who is going to believe it? Police? Yes, no, sir, no. If the police come here, and I'll make sure that they come here. It would take money. Money, money. Here is money, all the money you need. Ah, I, uh, I thought so. Why? That money, those old bills. So it was you. You were the one who murdered the old woman and took her savings. I thought oh, so all along. Yes, I thought so. stupid woman, if she hadn't resisted wait, me, Wait, she... wait. I have something in this cabinet I want to show you. Look, look. look. No tricks. You hear me or the police comes in here. Hey, I didn't want to do this. I what never want to do it, but it must be done. You don't want to do what? Murderer upon the crimson mask of Medusa. Yes, look, look upon the mask of Medusa. My legs. Look. Look. My hands. Look. Now... I have number 47. In a few moments, Mr. Peter Lorre will bring us the climax of tonight's mystery in the air when camels present Act Two of The Mask of Medusa. It's been proved time and time again in work, in sports, in everything we do. Experience is the best teacher. 
Ace Midget Auto Racer, Walter Ader, proved it conclusively when two other cars crashed and almost blocked the track during a recent championship race. Roaring up at 100 miles an hour, Walter Ader squeaked through an opening only inches wider than his car. Mr. Ader said, Experience is the best teacher. In choosing cigarettes as well as in auto racing. I've smoked most all the brands. Camels suit me best. Yes, experience is the best teacher. Smokers learned how true that is during the wartime cigarette shortage. Smoking so many different brands when there was no choice made folks experts on judging the differences in cigarette quality. Well, that proved to thousands and thousands of smokers that there's nothing like Camel's rich, full flavor. Nothing like Camel's cool mildness. Result? More people are smoking Camel's than ever before. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel yourself. Now a new crowd is viewing the attractions of Aristide Swag's Wax Museum. The lifelike, living but not breathing images of the 47 murderers. Oh. Come, Hilda. Let's go outside. I don't like this place. Wait, here's one we didn't see. I don't know how you can stand there looking at them. The murderers. And their faces. Oh, this little one isn't so bad. If he was alive, I could go for him. No, no, he's horrible. Come on, I can't stand Oh, him. I could crush her skull. Stupid idiots. No, it, it is not pleasant to be stared at day after day by people who know nothing of life or death, at least not, not as we know it. The living dead, yes, that's what we are, and he, he is responsible. Oh, if we could only somehow, somehow get back to normal, even for a little bit, oh, what we could do, all of us, what we could do. It's midnight. It's very still, but, but something, something odd is happening. Just a little while ago, my, my mind was blank. I, I wasn't thinking about anything, but, but suddenly a thought came into my head. Yes, suddenly, out of nowhere. Yes, we there, can project there it is again. if we try. Who? Who is what? Magda. Standing next to you. Yes? Think, think hard. Yeah. If we all think together, perhaps we can make somebody help us. Yes. Yes, of course. Oh, oh that's wonderful, Magda. Think hard. She's wonderful, of course. Forty-seven minds trained in crime, all concentrating at once on somebody who comes in here to look. If we try, if we try hard enough, we could make him do anything. Maybe we could get him to... Oh, that's too much to expect, but, but still... Yes, another day has started, but today I have a feeling of excitement. All night long, all night long, we concentrated, and, and our thoughts were getting stronger and stronger. I'm convinced Magda has gotten through to everyone. I have a feeling that something is going to happen, and, and just a little while ago there came a thought... Mike is upstairs in his room. Yeah? We must watch the door. door. When the right one comes, yes. we shall know it at once. Be ready. I'm ready. Whatever is going to happen, I'm ready. There, there, the door is opening. Maybe this is it. Father, I'm frightened. I do not wish to look. It won't hurt you, Ilsa. Mm -hmm. Teach you maybe to get over your stupid fears. 
I shall look at these figures, every one of them, do you understand? Yes, Father. Now, there is that lecture. He should be here. I will find him so that he can tell you all about these criminals. Think. Think hard. Yes, yes. There's no doubt of it. It's this little, little Elsa. Oh, she's the one, yes. She's the one we've been waiting for. She's the kind of mind we need, yes. Oh, how exciting. How exciting. Thoughts are coming in very strong. Keep, keep thinking, Magdalene. We can't be free unless something happens to that horrible mask of Medusa over there in the cabinet. If something could happen to that, the spell might be broken. Magda, what are you thinking? Matches and fire. Matches and fire. Yes, I've got it. Of course, I've got it. Yes. Fire. Matches and fire. Matches and fire. Father, where are you? Fire. 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 I, I, I beg your pardon. I have just seen my daughter. She was here a minute ago. A, a thin girl, about 16. I have not Man. seen her. I saw her just now over there with that cabinet, I think it was. She had a box of matches in her hand. It's working. All our trained evil minds concentrating on that one small mind. Oh, we simply overwhelmed it. Poor little Elsa. She'll never know why she started that fire. Oh, but, but it's a big, wonderful fire. And, and the cabinet is burning. It's, it's burning. And, what is that? I, what? Something is happening. I, I've just been able to move the little finger in my in my left hand yes yes we we can move yes we are free we can move all of us we are moving we the walking dead Everyone is moving swiftly through the flames. Oh, they can't hurt us. Towards the stairs, yes. Oh, we are a horrible company. Oh, how exciting. White faces, glue, the flames. Forty, forty-seven we are. Murderous, all of us. Surging forward to get the man, the man we hate. Oh, yes, he's a murderer, but he's worse than we are. His victims stay alive. He, he condemned all 47 of us to a horrible, endless, living death. There, there, he's behind that door. It's locked. Come on, break it down. Break it down, you hear? Come on. Yes, the yes, Medusa. we've got him. What have you done to him? <laughs> what have we done? We have taken care of your Medusa. Yes, we have, Aristide. Now, now we'll take care of no, you. No, please, don't. Yes, I will help you. You will. don't know the mask, you fools. No. I'll help you. You haven't yes. got much time. Help you. I'll help you. The mask is coming. It's coming up the stairs. After us. Kill Swahik. At least we can kill Swahik. Wait, wait. I have a plan. Get away from that door. Let me get there. It is here. Close your eyes. Look. Don't look at it. Too late. They looked. And now they're all gone. All but you and I. Yes. Everybody's gone back as they were before. Yes, they're gone. All gone but you and I. You and I. What are you going to do? I'll show you what I'm going to do. Here. Look, Aristide. What? Look here. What? You hear me? No. Yes, yes. No. 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 You no. opened your eyes. No, I yes, can't. you saw it. No. Keep looking. 
You're looking at the crimson mask of Medusa. You... Oh, look, look. Your feet. Oh, well, I know it. Look at your legs, your hands. Oh, you can. You're not even able to talk anymore. Yes, you... Now you have looked upon the mask of Medusa. You idiot, you... Uh, I forgot her. I looked at it, too. <sighs> Well, 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 here we are back again, yes, all of us, the finest criminal minds in the world. Oh, it's the elite, the cream of crime. Now we are just wax figures in a sideshow. Yes, but now, now there are 48 of us. <laughs> oh, I suppose uh, we should feel honored to have with us the great Aristide Zweig. This way he looks quite natural, yes. Standing over there between Schneider and Paul. And at least he doesn't bore me anymore with his silly, stupid lectures. No, now he doesn't talk at all. Someone called Albert is running the exhibit now. Oh, poor Albert. He's an imbecile. Albert doesn't know there was a mask of Medusa. Oh, we are much more intelligent than poor Albert. He, he doesn't even know that we are, that we are still alive. <laughs> Each week, the makers of Camel cigarettes send free camels to servicemen's hospitals from coast to coast. This week, the camels go to Veterans Hospital, Sunmount, New York, USAAF Station Hospital, Kessler Field, Biloxi, Mississippi, U.S. Naval Hospital, Corona, California, U.S. Marine Hospital, Mobile, Alabama, and Veterans Hospital, Knoxville, Iowa. Three leading independent research organizations made a survey of doctors' cigarette preferences. 113,597 doctors were asked, What cigarette do you smoke, doctor? The brand named most was Camel. According to a nationwide survey, more doctors smoke Camels than any other cigarette. <laughs> Next week, Mystery in the Air, starring Mr. Peter Lorre, brings you an exciting story of gambling and sudden death, The Immortal Queen of Spades by Alexander Pushkin, with a special musical score composed and conducted by Paul Barron. Try Prince Albert in your pipe, and you'll know why more pipes smoke Prince Albert than any other tobacco. Men like P.A. because it's specially made for smoking pleasure. Extra rich and full-flavored. Crimp cut to burn slow, smoke cool. And specially treated to ensure against tongue bite. Just try a pie full of Prince Albert. See if you don't get more enjoyment from the National Joy Smoke. And folks, be sure to listen to Prince Albert's Grand Ole Opry Saturday night for a half hour of folk songs, fun and laughter with your favorite folk stars, Red Foley, Minnie Pearl, Rod Brassfield, and the rest of the Opry gang. And his red special guest, Jimmy Wakely. Remember, Prince Albert's Grand Ole Opry, Saturday night over NBC. Yes, your dream can come true. Your own home, a college education for your son. Travel. Save for them and they'll be yours. Buy U.S. savings bonds, buy them regularly. U.S. savings bonds are always safe, always profitable. Sign up for the payroll savings plan where you work or the bond a month plan where you bank. Listen again next week at the same time when the makers of Camel Cigarettes present Mr. Peter Lorre and Mystery in the Air. The artists supporting Mr. Lorre tonight were Henry Morgan, Peggy Weber, Lucille Meredith, Stanley Waxman, Russell Thorson, Ben Reich, and Phyllis Christine Morris. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood wishing you all a pleasant good night for Camels. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And that's 
latest Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre in The Mask of Medusa from September 4, 1947. Also in the cast, Phyllis Christine Morris, Russell Thorson, Stan Waxman, Peggy Weber, Lucille Meredith, and Ben Wright, with Henry Morgan announcing over NBC. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 93 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 93 of the Classic Radio Theater brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two comedy quiz episodes of You Bet Your Life starring Groucho Marx, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune into our next show and make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts to never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.